Going Linux episode 386, switching to Linux from OS X. Welcome to the Going Linux podcast. I'm your host, Larry Bushy. And I'm your co-host, Bill. Whether you're new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will provide you valuable information and advice that will help you in Going Linux. We hope that you'll find this and all of our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and open source applications and using them to get things done. If you want, you can send us feedback at our email address at goinglinux at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 1-904-468-7889. In today's episode, switching to Linux from OS X. Hi, Bill. Hey, Larry. How was your week? Ah, great week. Uh, crazy busy, but, uh, you know, good, good. Spent some time with relatives and yeah, it was good. How are you? It's been a busy couple weeks and, um, we'll just go and leave it at that. That's yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We'll leave that to the non-show part of the (laughs) discussion. Yeah. I do want to say that I did get three feet of snow just last week. Okay. So that was fun. Well, so, it is February after all, so. Yeah. So anyway, Larry, I wanted uh, to talk about uh, something, just to switch gears a little bit. So today I wanted to cover OS X. Okay. Uh, or OS ten. Well, okay, well, sort of, okay. And, you know, I always call it OS X. You call it OS, uh, Mac OS or... Uh, OS 10 or that or Apple OS, operating system, that, the Apple operating <laughs> system. Yeah. So we, we've been covering how to switch from windows and we've discussed the issues with windows seven and windows 10, but there's one group that we really haven't been not talking about. And that's people that are, uh, Mac users. Yeah. There are, there are a few issues when it comes to people that use the Mac. And so, one of the things is they like how OS X works and they, they've gotten used to workflow and they like the workflow and the interface. And what happens is when their perfectly good hardware stops being supported by uh, Apple, I think they're called Apple Inc. now instead of Apple Computer, but Apple, yes, they can go buy some new shiny new Macintosh hardware, but you know, Apple hardware is kind of expensive. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's premium uh, price. Uh, so, you know, they have perfectly good hardware, so maybe there's a better way. One option is to install Linux and get some more life out of that perfectly good hardware, but not any distribution will do. Because if you're a Mac user, you have a little bit more expectations, and they're not going to be happy with a basic XFCE or a basic uh, Mate or even a basic GNOME. Uh, a new user moving over from OS X is not going to want to spend hours or even days getting the machine set up like they want. Well, for the most part, you know, there are some people that like to do that, but most of the time they want to come in, they would just want to use Linux to get the work done and it, a nice interface, you know, that's similar. You know, there's never, nothing's ever going to be exactly uh, what they're used to, but if we can get something similar, it'll make the transition easier for them. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, if you're a Mac user and you 
are used to homebrew applications and things like that, you'll love this. But Bill, what are a few distributions that come to mind that you think would be a good place to look for a Mac user? Well, that's a good question. And I'd like to start with a few, and I think it, that will fit what's needed. Now, before I go forward, I know you can theme any distribution to make it look like OS X to a large extent. But this episode, we're, we're aiming for ease and how quickly we can get the system set up and the new user using the system. We can cover how to do that on another show if people are interested on how to you know customize it. But that's not what we're going to do today. Um, the ones that come to mind are Elementary OS, Ubuntu Mate, DeepEnd, and Zorn OS Premium. Uh, Larry, since your daily driver is Ubuntu Mate, I'm going to let you t- take the lead on that one. Okay. So we're going to assume that you have Ubuntu Mate installed and that you've gotten all the updates. Now you want to set it up to look a little bit more like the Mac operating system. So you press the super key and type Mate Tweaks. And then you'll see a window with some icons, and there's one there called Panels. If you select that, then you'll see all the panel choices that are offered. You're looking for the one called Cupertino. Once you select that, this will give you an OS X-like interface. Now things should be a bit more familiar to you. There are other choices if you want to look at other offerings, but you can go to Settings, and then in the Appearance menu, you'll be able to change how things work even more. This will get you going with Ubuntu Mate. We're just covering the basics. There's some great resources that you can look for on YouTube and even on mate-look.org. Uh, link in the show notes, but be warned that you might find yourself spending a lot of time there. The possibilities are endless, as you'll see. So Larry, before I go forward, I, I did want to give Ubuntu Mate a shout out here. They have the Brave browser in their app store, and it's a really nice privacy-based browser uh, that is, uh, of course, Chrome-based, That f- and it really does focus on the privacy. Uh, they, also, they have Firefox installed as default, but I thought it was just really nice uh, that uh, the project went ahead and had that in App Store because you can add it, but you have to do some command uh, line foo and, you know, paste and enable repositories they they just said oh we're just going to put it in there you click it it's installed no fuss no muss so yeah i thought that was really nice i installed that immediately okay bill your turn take on elementary os larry i got the easy one because i put shit together and uh, i decided to make you do the hard work with uh, mate so (laughs) Elementary OS comes already set up with everything looking very OSX-like. It has a stunning desktop, and I can assure you, if you're an OSX user, you should feel right at home. Elementary OS is very polished. The project has an app store that has curated programs, uh, programs that the developers have picked that they feel are good and safe to use. But you're not locked into just using these programs. You can install a, prog- uh, a program called Eddy, which will handle installing other programs. An example is Discord. 
it's not in the App Store. Uh, so going to the Discord site, you can download the program and Eddie will handle the installation. You will get a warning that states you're installing a non-curated application and there's a checkbox that you can tell it not to warn you, but it's always good to have it. And, uh, and a message will also go and say it, it might be unsafe or something to that effect. Um, uh, that the developers have not looked at the program and cannot guarantee it. You also have the choice to disable the warnings. Like I said before, with a simple checkbox, you also get the warning if you get programs from the official repositories, which is kind of funny. I, I actually threw up a warning about Audacity that I got from the Ubuntu repositories. <laughs> so okay. it does, it's an equal opportunity warner. <laughs> um, while elementary is not exactly like OSX, I feel it's not far off, and I will include a few YouTube videos that will show you how to even tweak it even further to make it even more like OSX. The links are in the show notes. And the really funny part about this is I had that installed uh, elementary OS uh on my computer and I was at a coffee shop. Now, you remember, I have this big black Alienware and someone actually thought I was running OS X on it because it looks so much like it. <laughs> and um, I'm looking, I'm, you know, they're saying, is that a Hackintosh? I said, no, this is elementary OS. And they're like, that looks just like OS X. So that's how close it is. Uh, there was a couple people had uh, Mac uh, Air and uh, Mac Pro and, you know, if you're walking by, it's, the icons are a little different, but they're very polished. You, yeah. you'd be hard pressed to tell the difference. Right, right. Yeah, it's uh, convincingly like uh, OS X. So if you like uh, the Mac interface, then you'll love Elementary OS for sure. And the Elementary page has a pay what you want selection as well. So you can choose zero dollars if you want. Or if you find that you like the distribution, then you can donate later. We always encourage people to support open source software, especially if they like it. Yeah. All right. So this is good. Uh, the next one. What's our next one? The next one's going to be Zarin. I gave uh, that one to you too. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, you've reviewed it before, Bill, but the free version does not offer OSX type interface. You will have to use the ultimate version if you want that one by default. But if you choose this option, you can go into the settings menu after installation and then appearance. And they have a menu called Zorin appearance. They show you all offered interfaces. They have a very polished OS 10 interface. But like we said, this one will cost you around $40 to experience it. Yeah, so how would you compare it with uh, something like elementary? Uh, if I tell you that I think elementary is um, a better implementation of the interface where I lose my Zorin uh, cred? I don't know. That's not up to me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so hey, it's all down to personal preference regardless. So yeah. try them both. Now, Zorin looks good too. But mm -hmm. Elementary OS just looks stunning. I'm actually on – right now I have Elementary OS running on my test machine, and I've just you know 
let it run. I've uh, added stuff, taken stuff off, and it just works. And on low spec machines, it it runs just blazingly fast. So if you have a very powerful machine, it's it's like before you can finish clicking the button, to, you know, it's already full screen ready to use. So it's very fast. Uh, I don't. I know they've done some work on the back end to make it faster and more streamlined. The the one thing about the Zorin is um, a lot of their uh, OS X uh, interface components are enabled from PPAs. Um, hmm, that, yeah. You know, and my only concern about the the about that is you know if you have a problem with a PTA, uh, PPA or when you're up updating it. Um, you know, if something's wrong, it, it can break part of the system. They rely heavily on PPAs. I think, believe you pulled out when you, we were doing the review. You actually pulled out, and most of the the you know special desktops were in PPAs that they right. you know. So and nothing against the PPA. It just uh, the less um, moving parts you have, I think it, it's better. Um, but that being said, it worked flawlessly. It looked wonderful. But I have to give Elementary OS the win on this. They've just really uh, made a lot of uh, what I call quality of life uh, improvements to it. And so they, you know, they're they're trying different stuff. Um, you know, you know, one about you know helping developers get paid. And so I think Elementary is doing a a, a good job on this. Um, Zorin looks wonderful, but the problem with if you want to see it on Zorin, you've got to pay for the ultimate. Yeah. And you know. If you can't see if you like it, then you know what happens. You spend the 40, 40 bucks, and then you try it and say, oh, "I really don't like how this works." So it's, you know, in in a way, elementary is better that way. You can actually try it. If you like it, then you can donate to them uh, and say so they continue working on it. So you know, you kind of catch twenty two. Uh, it's always a great system. I've I've used it and used it. And abused it a lot, but I just um, I think Elementary OS is a better interface for this one. Right. Yeah. And in talking about Zorin, you mentioned the term PPA, and for those people who aren't familiar with that acronym, it stands for Personal Package Archive, and a PPA is a software repository for use exclusively with Ubuntu. And its derivatives. And although it's not officially supported by Canonical, software made available in a PPA is typically provided by developers from within the Ubuntu community. And of course, what we're talking about here are primarily Ubuntu-based distributions, whether that's Ubuntu Mate or Zorin or um, even Elementary. They are derivatives of uh, it's certainly Debian distributions, but in particular Ubuntu distributions, and so they can use PPAs. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that we define the term so we don't leave that hanging out there. Yeah, that's a good point. I should have defined that. Yeah, it's a personal package archive. Um, yep. So, you know, we just said that uh, we had used a lot of uh, Ubuntu uh, 
base derivatives well. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, uh, the next distribution is called Deep in Linux, and this that project is based on Debian Stable, so okay. it's not Ubuntu. Um, this this project is going to get an honorable mention because they have, in my humble opinion, one of the most pretty interfaces in the Linux ecosystem. They do not try to be an OSX clone, but they seem to have taken elements of Windows and OSX, uh, and they took the best of both. <laughs> so, if you're feeling like like something maybe uh, similar, but we uh, want something new, or from, uh, you should try this one. Take a few minutes and see what you think. Uh, I have included a YouTube video in the show notes that kind of goes over the interface. And uh, I love the interface of it. It's it's very – makes sense to me, so it pro- most people probably won't like it. But <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I like Zorn's interface, and, you know, I like a lot of different interfaces, you know. But DeepN really does a great job. I actually put DeepN desktop on – uh, Endeavor OS. I haven't mm-hmm. told you that I was playing with Endeavor, <laughs> an Arch-based system. Um, and it looked very uh, familiar, but uh, I just love that interface. The uh, the only thing that people might find a little bit um, concerning about the D- DeepN Linux is that it is uh, made in in China, and some people are not comfortable with that. Even though it's an open source project and people can review the code, uh, you know there was a little controversy about you know uh, what was it last year, Larry? About the, they were sending uh, information about your screen size and uh, and resolution to this the tracker, which same thing Google does when you when you go to theirs, right. but. But it was just it was a non-personal information to make to display because their their app center was a uh, a web page. You know mm-hmm. that's how you know that's how you could find it. So they've changed that now, of course. But some people are still a little um, concerned. Uh, that being said, they're not the only ones that have had little. Um, uh, telemetry snafus in the past year anyway, so we won't go into that. But I just want to be right up front. DeepN Linux is um, a uh, a Chinese-based uh, distro based on Debian Stable, and uh, they have a lot of, uh, of software, um, you know, everything you'd expect, and it's very good. It's a very pretty. Have you tried DeepN, Larry? I have not. I have not. Um, I've seen screenshots, and it. Yeah, know, I agree. It does look pretty. Why I'm giving it uh, a mention here is that uh, it uses a, uh, a bar at the bottom uh, that uh-huh. you can. It, it's either fashion mode, which makes it look like uh, or similar to an OS X, or you can go the efficient, which makes it look like a Windows Seven slash Ten menu. So, mm-hmm. so uh, it's. They have little things. Uh, some people like it. Um, some people don't. Uh, but uh, if you're just looking for something familiar, but you just want to change it up a little bit, uh, or you like elements of OS X and some elements of Windows 10 or Windows 7, this one might be the perfect fit. We've talked about 
a number of distributions that you can use if you're moving over from Mac. And certainly it's not an exhaustive list, but we hope the list will get you started on your journey to Linux. I think in general, the move from Mac to Linux is probably easier than the move from Windows to Linux for the average user, mainly because they're both Unix-based systems, both Mac and Linux. And there's a lot of similarities. So as you've noticed in this episode, we focused mostly on the user interface and the look of the distribution. And that's primarily because they're very, very similar. And we've talked about something like um, elementary that gives you a lot of the Mac look and feel. Uh, something like Zorin that gives you some of it and uh, Deepin that gives you kind of a cross between uh, Mac and Windows look and Ubuntu Mate that is um, less about the look and keeping things exactly the way they are on Mac and making it more look familiar to you so that the transition is a little bit better as opposed to making it um, a clone, if you will, of of Mac OS. So anyway, uh, I think we've gotten off to a good start here. What do you think? Yeah, I think we have. You know, we know that these are not exactly like OS X and there will be a learning curve with any of these. Uh, if you think about it, um, you have so many options with Linux. I, I, I think that uh, that's one of the strengths you, 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 you'll find uh, that you can customize just about anything to make it the way you want it to work. Um, yes, you will have to have a little bit of a learning curve, but you might find exploring options uh, you never had before all part of the fun. You might find that you actually enjoy it. Uh, Linux does really does put the choice and power back in your hands. Um, I don't know about you, Larry. Uh, I've used OS X when I had a Mac. You have a Mac for work, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Aren't there not times when you just like, I wish I could just put this over here like I can on my Linux machine, you know? <laughs> yes. It can be frustrating. It can be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have Windows 10 at work and it's some of the, so many times it's like, I just wish I could just do this two things that would make this so much more efficient, <laughs> you know, just let me just change it. But of course it won't let me. So with Linux, you have pretty much uh, anything you really want. And uh, Larry, I'm telling you now, do not go to mate-look.org. No. <laughs> I spent three hours looking through all the different things, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Larry, if you go there, you might as well just take a week off work because you'll never get anything done. There won't be a show for a month because Larry's still over at mate.look. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty immersive, and you can find all kinds of things there that you would like to try out if you only had more time. So, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I've spent way too long in that site myself. So you're not allowed to go there anymore. No. So, if you do try any of these, let us know if you agree with our suggestions, or if you have find one that we have never heard of or you know about. Let us know about it. So. Mm. There is no right or wrong. Yeah, it's just what's right for you. And yeah. like I said, we encourage you to 
look at these. This is not an exhaustive list, as Larry said, but we're hoping this will give you a start. Uh, we didn't want to think that we didn't love all the OSX users because we we talk a lot about Windows. <laughs> so we wanted to maybe give you some suggestions to get things going too. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it's it's all down to personal choice. And if you're moving from Mac OS, I think you'll find a distribution that either makes it work the way Mac does and gives you, in addition to that, a lot of flexibility that you didn't have on on the Mac system. Uh, or you can find something that helps you to transition to the Linux way of doing things, but makes it comfortable enough that you're not hunting around to find the simplest things because they're in a similar sort of place as they were on your other machine. So there you go. And you're ready to go, hopefully. Give it a try. Yeah. Well, then again, just remember, if you don't want it to look like OS X, you can make it look any way you want. <laughs> so yes. someone might say, I don't want an OS X look. I want something different. Well, Linux has you got you covered there, too. So anyway, yep. good luck, guys. So, Bill, uh, I don't have an application pick today. I've been kind of immersed in other things, so I haven't tried out any new applications. But do uh, you? Uh, I do. Um, the Brave Browser. I like it because it's uh, it's kind of scary when you're using it. It tells you what is blocked and everything, and you wouldn't believe the amount of data that 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 you're sending out. When you just you know browsing for potting soil or or that new uh, AMD Threadripper, you know you you so this blocks a lot of that. And uh, again, when uh, I was really excited to see that it was just in the App Center in Ubuntu Mate. And uh, so if you get a chance and use Ubuntu Mate, give out a, a whirl because it is Chrome-based. And, um, and sometimes you you need a Chrome-based browser for yours. The, the website's not quite right. And Firefox does a good job, but sometimes you just need a Chrome-based browser. Well, Brave usually fits that bill. And, and, it's, and like I said, their main thing is um, privacy. So yep. give it a whirl. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just as an added note on that, Brave is one of the browsers that you can install from Ubuntu Mate's welcome application. They have six, in fact, Firefox, Google Chrome, Chromium, Opera, Vivaldi, and Brave. And I always install Firefox and Google Chrome, uh, mainly because I like to switch back and forth just to try out different looks of our website and make sure that it works similarly on two different browsers. Um, and I have yet to try Brave other than to test it out and see what it's like. And when I did, which was a little while ago, um, I I found it really good. So it is a little bit more um, respectful of your privacy than other Chrome-based browsers and so that it's got a lot going for it for sure so yeah thanks okay well i think that pretty much wraps us up here bill our next episode is listener feedback and until then you can go to our website at goinglinks.com for articles and show notes as well as links to download and subscribe we are the website for computer users who just want to use linux to get things done 
And if you'd like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our Going Linux podcast community on community.goinglinux.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. 73. music provided by Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com.